When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Inside. It ain't the left side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Follow me, Brian Cat NFL, and follow Paul fanatic underscore pick on twitter the dolphins go into indianapolis this weekend against the five and three colts the colts are favored by 11 and a half points at lucas oil stadium and looking at this matchup paul you know the dolphins obviously were starting to really get some momentum not just last week's win but over the last couple of weeks they've seemed to get better every week since the bye week but now they get dealt Two big blows here. Running back Mark Walton suspended for four games. Not a huge surprise because of being arrested three times in the offseason. And also Preston Williams, a major injury there with a torn ACL that may affect him into next year. So, uh, unfortunately, even though the Dolphins have seen to get incremental, incrementally a little bit better week by week, two big setbacks there. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with one big setback. It's, I mean, I like Mark Walton, but for one, this is something that the Dolphins, everybody kind of knew was probably coming. Um, but at the same time, it gives us a chance to see a little bit more of Patrick Laird and Miles Gaskin when, you know, we're not watching Kalen Bellage just run into the nearest jersey and fall on his ass. But outside of that, the Preston Williams one hurts, but we know what we've got in Preston Williams. And and really just take your time, get better, come back out here, and start start catching some contested balls for whoever the quarterback is next year. Get yourself in good shape. You know, it, it's there's no benefit to um, we, we've already seen what we need to see out of him, and now we get to see what we we'd like to see out of out of a player like Gary Jennings. Getting to see what we want to see out of Jakeem Grant. So we've already we already know who Preston Williams is. He's got a chance to develop the mental aspect of the game while he gets healthy. Yeah, and even if Preston Williams comes back or isn't healthy in, in training camp or even goes on PUP at the beginning of next year, you know, hopefully we get him back for the majority of the 2020 season because he was really starting to come on and be a big mismatch problem, and he was limiting his mistakes. So best of luck to him in his rehab. And, and you mentioned Gary Jennings, too, there, Paul. There were a couple of moves the Dolphins did make this week. One of them was signing Gary Jennings, and he was a fourth-round pick of the Seahawks, 120th overall pick. For whatever reason, didn't stick around there. The Seahawks tried to get him back. But this is an interesting guy. I mean, 
ran a 4-4-3 at the combine. He had over 2,000 yards over the last two years at West Virginia. And 6'1", 214 pounds. I like this because this seems like a player that the Dolphins can certainly develop at the wide receiver position and the perfect type of guy you want on the roster in a year like this. Yeah, this, by all accounts, the Seahawks wanted him back, but after claiming Josh Gordon, they had eight wide receivers on the roster, which is just too many. I mean, you know, and really, you watch his tape from West Virginia. He's a guy that, once he gets the ball in his hands, moves north and south. Uh, he's not super elusive, but he can run through a tackle and, and, and shake the first guy, usually at the very least. Guy can take a hit, and he tracks the ball really, really well over his shoulder and, and when it comes to contested catches. So that being said, I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued. This is one big preseason for the Dolphins. I want to see what this kid's got. I mean, he, he's he's a young kid who we've had some problems with receivers tracking the ball over their shoulder, and he can get some weird separation at times and does really well against zone defenses. And the Dolphins also signed a running back to Lance Turner, too. He's been on the Ravens practice squad. He's bounced around the league a little bit. I was impressed by his burst watching the Ravens in preseason. And so we'll see about him as and whether or not he's active this week. But like you said, Patrick Laird should get on the field. Maybe we see Miles Gaskin get on the field for his first action, too. So that, that remains to be seen. A few other signings here. The Dolphins picked up Marcus Sherrills from the Vikings uncharacteristic for them. He's on the wrong side of 30, but he does have some experience in the Vikings secondary. Also can return kicks, so maybe that's something we see. And the Dolphins cut Robert Kandice. Didn't make a huge impact here and didn't seem to fit the defense very well either. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I'm basically giving the same response. I sent you as an emoji right now. I'm just kind of shrugging my shoulders at the Kandice news. It's, uh, I was hoping that he would pan out when he got to Miami sat on PUP for a while, came off, and did exactly nothing. Um, you know, he, he basically looked less impressive than Charles Harris out there. So that that being said, good luck, Robert and Kandice. Enjoy the XFL, which is where I'm sure you, you are probably heading after a few more people give you a little tryout. I hope players like that go to the XFL. I, I want to see some of these guys at least go somewhere, play football, get a paycheck. So we'll We'll see. Mm -hmm. Good luck to you, buddy. I think he's going to get another chance in the NFL, but we will see. He hasn't made a huge impact so far. Paul, let's look at the Colts game here, and the good thing is I'm going to actually be at the game this weekend, and unlike with my jerseys, I have the exact opposite effect when I'm at a Dolphins game. When I, I haven't been to a Dolphins game since 2015. I used to go to one or two every year, but just haven't the last couple of years. 2014, I went to two. They beat the Chargers 37 to nothing. They beat the Bears 27 to 13 in Chicago when I went. 2015, they beat the Texans 28 to 10 in a game that Rob Prophet and I went to. And then the next week, they beat the Texans 44 to 26. So, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I mean, the Jersey thing is real in the in the wrong way. So maybe I don't know. Maybe the Dolphins pull this one out this weekend. But they are eleven and a half point underdogs in Indianapolis. The Colts are five and three, looking like a team that's going to be vying for the playoffs here. Paul, um, what's your what's your feeling heading into this game? Well, for starters, I'm very curious to see if Jacoby Brissett gets on the field in this one. By all accounts, it looks like he's going to play. Um, and that may play a little bit into the Dolphins' hands if if you're looking for a win this week because 
let's face it, Brian Flores has some familiarity with Jacob's skills from, from Flores' time up in New England. But at the same time, God, this is one, like, I, I, I can never root for the Dolphins to lose. I never can. I know we're in tank mode, and some of our fans may roast me in the comments, and I'm fine with it. But in reality, if there's a game that's helpful for the Dolphins to lose, this is one of them. Um, we need somebody to pull ahead of the Texans in, in the AFC South, and that's a, a tough task as it is right now. So I would love to see the Colts pull ahead of the Texans, even if it means that they have to win this week, even though I'll obviously be rooting for, for my team. Yeah, that, that's a good way to put it. I mean, when you look here at at the draft order now, and specifically the Dolphins draft pick, if they lose this game here, they're going to be picking no lower than third heading into week 11 because the Redskins have, are going to have a bye week. So the Dolphins and Redskins are 1-8. and eight. The Dolphins are going to jump ahead of them from 4-3 to three because of the strength of schedule. And also, you know, the Bengals play at home after, you know, after making a quarterback switch to, to fourth-round pick Ryan Finley. And the Jets are basically playing a home game, too, against the New York Giants, which is also maybe even for them a game that, that could be winnable for them. So you, you should see the Dolphins here if they don't come out ahead in the top three in the NFL draft. But, yeah, you're right, Paul. It's been disappointing with the Steelers and with the Texans because at, at a certain point, really in week four, week five, we start talking about maybe we're going to have two picks in the top ten or the top five. Yeah, I miss those days. It's, <laughs> I mean, you look at two picks in the top five, and you're going to come away with probably some combination of Tua or Joe Burrow with either Chase Young or Andrew Thomas, very potentially, with a consolation prize being somebody like Akuda or, De- or Delpit. So, you know, it, it's hurtful to go to maybe, you know, as, as high as 4th and 17th and 24th um, as, it, as it looks right now. But there's a lot of season left here. We're, we're not, you know, more than halfway through. So very interesting to see how this all plays out. I mean, God, I keep playing the scenarios. But one thing I will say, Dolphins fans, is you don't have to hate Tua Tagliavoa to love Joe Burrow. You don't have to hate Joe Burrow to love Tua Tagliavoa. You can actually like both of them. And even like Chase Young as well, because let's face it, they're the top three prospects right now on a lot of draft boards. They're probably going to be pretty good no matter which one it is. Just a thought. That, that's for sure. And if you know, I, I would I would consider anything other than those top three guys a, a very distant consolation prize. But the Dolphins also have a lot of picks, and if they end up picking, you know, not in the top three, but in that five to seven range, it probably meant that a lot of players on this roster stepped up and played above their talent level and were feeling pretty good about the coach. So there is some win-win involved there. But sticking on the top two guys that you mentioned, Paul, Tua Tagliavoa and Joe Burrow, we'd be remiss not to point out this weekend, 2.30 Central, 3.30 Eastern, if you're a Dolphins fan, be sure to watch this game because you are going to see those two quarterbacks square off. Right now, two is coming back off an injury, and 
if one player does significantly better than the other player in this draft, it's gonna it's gonna change the draft stock, and it's gonna be a player. It's gonna be a game that a lot of people are talking about, not only now, but in the pre-draft process. Well, not only that, but you look at this game and how many potential first-round picks, let alone you know top ten picks, are in this game. I mean, Jerry Judy's projected in the top ten for a lot of folks. Grant Delpit. You know, you, you look beyond that, basically all of Alabama's wide receivers. I mean, it's it's crazy how many players in this game are really projected highly in this draft. So with Miami having so many picks in the top three rounds, why wouldn't you watch this game if you're a Dolphins fan? Yeah, and if you just DVR this game and keep it on your DVR, around draft time, you're probably going to know 15 of the top 40 players in the draft. And that's not an exaggeration. So be sure to tune in to watch that game. But Paul, getting back to the Colts game here, it looks like the Dolphins are going to be healthier than they've been in quite a while. Ken Webster still expected to miss this game. Hopefully he comes back soon because I I don't want him to be a guy that slides onto IR. Rashad Jones should be back at strong safety, give them a little bit of help. Daniel Kilgore should be back at center. It remains to be seen if he's going to start. He probably will. But uh, not a lot of injuries there for the Dolphins. For the Colts side, like you mentioned, Jacoby Brissett, as of the time we're recording this, probably will play. And that's a great observation you had, too. Not only does Brian Flores know Jacoby Brissett very well, but he also knows Brian Hoyer very well from his time in New England. This is true. And... You know, you factor in that, that T.Y. Hilton at, at this point is expected to miss the game this week. And that definitely dumbs down any quarterback's ability to stretch the field when T.Y.'s out. So there could be some very interesting moments based on familiarity in this game with either opposing quarterback. I, I could see this being a close game. And I, I've got a little evidence to back that up, too. I mean, when you look at the Colts this year, Every single game they've played in has been decided, win or lose, by a touchdown or less. So it, when you factor that in and you also factor that that you take away T.Y. Hilton, who's their over-the-top threat like you talked about, you know, they've still got a lot of good weapons, but they don't have Andrew Luck at quarterback. They don't have T.Y. Hilton at wide receiver. They don't have a lot of speed on the offensive side of the ball. So I think their strategy offensively is going to try to be to run the ball down the throats of the Dolphins and their front seven here with Marlon Mack. And Marlon Mack has turned into quite a good player because uh, he was a scat back coming out of South Florida, a real just kind of a speed guy. I've been very impressed at how he has turned around and, and become this physical, all-around good football player. If you watched Sunday Night Football a few weeks ago, just great balance, great vision, and toughness too. So This is a player as well, 15 carries for 85 yards against the Dolphins last year, made a major factor in the second quarter. So, you know, that's the big thing. With the Colts' offensive line, this this unit has turned into a laugh from a laughing stock to one of the best offensive lines in the league from left to right with Anthony Costanzo, Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Mark Lewinsky, and Braden Smith. So big challenge this week for the Dolphins' defensive line, Paul. It really is, and the edges of the Dolphins' defensive line, when you've got Taco Charlton and Charles Harrison, are not as strong at rushing the passer as they are when they've got freaking, uh, oh, God, Ra- Raekwon McMillan and 
wow, I'm drawing a blank. Jerome on, Baker. On, on, not, not Jerome Baker. Uh, Vince Beagle. Vince Beagle. God. See what happens when we overturn the roster. We start running every name on the planet that we've had the last three years. Oh, I, got, I got a Beagle right beside me. That's the only reason I, I remember it, so. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, Vince Beagle and, and, and Rake McMillan seem to generate a lot more pass rush while still being able to defend the run than our pass rushers do, which is intriguing to me. Um, so, so it'll be interesting to watch that. It'll be interesting to watch if Jerome Baker continues to emerge like he has been the last couple of weeks. Um, be interesting to see if Jerome Baker can find his mama in the stands based on, on his latest version of Mike Up considering he spent the entire last game looking for her up in the stands. But really, it's this D-line is going to need penetration from Gotchow. It's going to need penetration from John Jenkins. It's going to need Christian Wilkins to continue his emergence. We finally saw a flash of last week against these guys. Because uh, Marlon Mack is definitely very good. And then you look at... What's his name there? Let's try to think off the top of my head. Uh, I believe it was Jordan Wilkins was averaging six yards a carry on 24, 25 carries so far this season. So, I mean, even yep. when they change the pace a tiny bit, you know, it, it's they still have an effective running game. So you have to respect the run. And if Jacoby's in there, he's, he's a little fleet of foot, as we saw a few years ago when he was with the Patriots. Yeah, and he doesn't make many mistakes either. I think that that's the difference between he and Brian Hoyer. And it looks like Brissett is going to play in this game. And it, he's he's risen to the challenge. I mean, very respected in that locker room. And, you know, completing almost 65% of his passes, 14 touchdowns, three interceptions, quarterback rating of 99.7. Not a big risk taker. And, and that's what I think you're going to see here. In this game, I, I think that the Colts are going to be very risk adverse. They're going to, you know, try to try to move the ball down the field, but they're going to be comfortable punting the ball if, if th- that's what needs to happen. And you know, to go back to what you said, Paul, you know, I, I don't think we're going to see a lot of penetration from Christian Wilkins and Davin Gotcha. It, it's because it, it very simply, the Colts' offensive line to me is too dominant. What I'm hoping to see here is from that linebacker group. That that you can get a Raekwon McMillan and a Jerome Baker and maybe a Rashad Jones coming back from injury, slicing into the backfield for some two or three yard losses, forcing the Colts into a to second and twelve, second and thirteen, and then maybe you can unleash Taco Charlton and Vince Beagle to the quarterback. I'm a little leery about blitzing Jerome Baker a lot in this one, and and the reason for that is Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron. I mean, the two of them have nearly identical stat lines out there right now. And really, that's been one of the Colts' bread and butters, with uh, especially with T.Y. out. The fact that you know Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle both have over 230 yards receiving on the season. You've got almost 500 receiving yards and five touchdowns between your two tight ends for the Colts. And you need to find a way to stop them to slow down the Colts' offense. It, it's plain and simple, especially with Jacoby Brissett or Brian Hoyer in there because they're safety valve style quarterbacks. I don't care what you say about them, how good you think they are. Um, you know, it's their middle of the pack and typically middle of the pack is pumping the ball to their tight ends, play in, play out. So yeah. we need to keep Jerome Baker out there. We'll keep an eye on Eric Ebron because it's, he's a little more athletic than Sam McGuavin and I like his coverage abilities more than Sam's. Yeah. That, that's a good observation because, um, uh, 
Yeah, Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle. We might be talking about two of the top ten or fifteen tight ends in the league there on the same team. And if you do blitz Baker, you, you may leave one of them open. And and Doyle and Ebron both had big games last week. And Ebron actually met with Frank Reich here over the last week too, and wanted to be a bigger part of this offense. So we'll, we'll see if that if that is the case. Um, on offense for the Dolphins, Ryan Fitzpatrick has a shoulder injury this week. Obviously, will play. Um, that's something that bears watching as we continue to go along here because since he has been inserted into the starting lineup over the last three and a half games, the Dolphins have been playing much, much better on offense. Actually, I think 75 points they've scored in the last three and a half games, which comes out to 21 and a half points a game. Nothing world-beating about that, but definitely productive in moving the ball down the field. So at running back, we should see Kalen Balazs. God help us. Uh, <laughs> taking the handoff and running like a scarecrow into the in line of scrimmage with no vertical movement or anything. Um, he's basically a less le- uh, a faster, not quite as tough version of Daniel Thomas. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 basically like Brandon Jacobs if Brandon Jacobs or a glass sculpture Brandon Jacobs will go uh-huh. up because it's you know, Brandon Jacobs could run vertical and just run through everybody, whereas freaking Balage looks just like him, runs up and shatters the second anything touches him, whether it's a blade of grass, a paint on the field, or even an opposing player. So God help us. <laughs> I I think the Dolphins are going to see a lot of Patrick Laird in this game, and I'm very excited because, again, he looks like kind of that Danny Woodhead type of player. And I, I've been waiting for him to get on the field. I've been disappointed that he he really hasn't sniffed any action so far. But a fearless prediction I have, I, I, I'm going to say Laird gets on the field. I'm going to say he catches six passes in this game. Uh, I, I think we're going to see a lot of him. Wouldn't surprise me if in a couple weeks before Walton gets back, we're talking about him getting touching the ball more than Kalen Balazs. Um, at wide receiver, Paul, Preston Williams won't be in there. I think we're going to see a lot more of Jakeem Grant out there in the slot, and he's he's been playing a lot better here in, in recent weeks. He has, and, and honestly, I hope we see him out on the edge with Wilson in the slot because as goofy as it seems based on body type and everything else, Jakeem Grant is better on the edge than he is in the slot. It's it's weird, but it is what it is. Um, the, the thing I'd like to see, too, cause, and I want to go back to something you said, is Patrick Laird catching passes out of the backfield. We need that in this game. We need Mike Gesicki in this game. With Justin Houston rushing the passer, and he is no slouch, especially given the fact that Miami has terrible uh, play from their offensive tackles at a lot of times this season. You need to start doing some short dumps to the running back to keep them honest. You need to start pumping the ball to Gesicki to keep Anthony Walker um, away from, from from run defense and, and having to cover. Uh, and and really, you need to take those two out of the equation to be effective against the Colts defense. Their secondary's got a lot of names, but not anybody that scares me. Um, but you need to get Gasicki and Laird very involved in the passing game very early in this one. Yeah, I I'm with you on that. You know, they play a very zone heavy type of defense here. It's a very bend but don't break four three unit, and they want to keep Darius Leonard 
roaming around like a predator in the middle of that field. That's where he's most effective. So that's what Ryan Fitzpatrick has to look out for. He's prone, obviously, to turning the football over. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Leonard were able to step in front of a few passes in this contest here, especially with Mike Isicki being so hot and with Fitzpatrick so willing to put the ball up to him, too. So, yeah, in the secondary, there are no world beaters, and there are a lot of young players. I mean, they, they've got Rocky Sin starting their corner. Very, very penalty prone at this point in his career. Wouldn't surprise me if he got a little bit grabby with Jakeem Grant or Devontae Parker on, on the outside. In the slot there, Albert Wilson is probably going to be matched up with Kenny Moore a lot. And this is, this is a player in Kenny Moore who was re-signed to um, – the biggest contract for a slot cornerback this past offseason. So he's certainly no slouch, but no real superstar, not like Vontae Davis was a couple of years ago when he made back-to-back Pro Bowls for him. So, yeah, I the biggest matchup there is going to be, and it's probably the biggest matchup every week with the Dolphins' offensive line, you're going to have Jamarcus Webb at left tackle against Justin Houston, who has six sacks on the year and has put together a hell of a career for himself. One underrated part of this here that, that could make a big difference is I hope they use Durham Smythe on the field a lot because if they do that and they, and they give some help to Jamarcus Webb at left tackle, that I, I think Jesse Davis can handle Sheard, Jabal Sheard at the right tackle position because even though Jesse Davis, I, I, I want to see him a guard. I, I don't care for him too much. A player like Sheard who's not an edge rusher, we saw it last week against the Jets. Jesse Davis tends to do a little bit better against a player like that. Well, I mean, the other aspect as well, not just Durham Smythe, you could basically bring Chandler Cox in with the job of ruin Justin Houston's day. That, that could be his sole job, especially with Preston Williams out. You might be able to sneak him on the field a little bit more. And, and you know, basically, anytime you're in pass pro, you send Chandler Cox to the left to help out. You know, or whichever side Justin Houston is on, if he adjusts to the fact that he's getting smashed repeatedly over on that side the second he comes off his block. I mean, it, it's there's a lot of options there. And like you said, I, I do think Jabal Sheard can be handled. One thing that you brought up I thought was pretty interesting was, was the penalties. The Colts have been a very penalized u- unit the last few weeks. I believe it's something like 17 penalties over the last two games where Miami's getting lauded for the fact that they're a very, very low penalty team. You factor that, that that could be something that could factor in heavily in this game, as well as the fact that Adam Vinatieri seems to be the worst kicker in the league so far this year, uh, which is saying a lot given the number of missed kicks we have. I believe he's something like, and this is just rattling off the top of my head, so feel free to correct me in the comments, but I think he's like 12 of 19 on field goals and 12 of 15 on extra points or vice versa. I mean, it's, you look at his numbers, they're alarming at this point. So if you can bring him on the field, unlike it used to be, you know, old old gray beard there seems to miss a lot of kicks, both extras and, and three and field goals. I was so pissed at Adam Vinatieri last week. Because yeah. they they get the ball down there and they're about to win the game twenty seven twenty six, and you just expect if if it's a miss it's going to be by a little bit. He 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 stubs his toe on the on the on the grass and barely even connects with the ball. And what it looked like is is like me playing Madden and when I was in college and 
was was too drunk and and I'm I'm kicking the game winning kick and and the and and the controller slips out of my hand as soon as I I hit the <laughs> lever button. That that it's it was embarrassing <laughs> and I was so angry because it may have cost the Dolphins like three or four draft spots. So yeah, I mean Vinatieri's been kicking. I'm 36 now, and Vinatieri's been kicking in this league since I was in sixth grade. So enough is enough, Vinatieri. Your all-time leading kicker in, in the history of football. Please wrap it up after this year. So with that being said, he's probably going to kick the game-winning kick right in my face. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure he's going to miss a few leading up to that. So if he kicks the game winner, you know what? Fair play to him at that point. I mean, it, it's this, this, this is a no-lose situation for Dolphins fans in this game. The Colts win. It helps Miami's draft stock, possibly on two fronts. The Dolphins win. Hell yeah, we won another game. Suck it, Jets. You're, you're behind us. I mean, it, it's it, it's insane to me. Like, it's, yeah. it's it's got its own sense of fun to it, and it's nice to be able to enjoy the game, win or lose. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And, you know, I've always said, look, if the Dolphins end up costing themselves the number one pick in the draft, or maybe even the second or the third, Overall, in the grand scheme, I'm probably not going to like it. But I've I've also said too that if it turns out that those wins are worth it, if that means that the Dolphins end up stringing a few wins together, they're still going to have a lot of draft picks. They are still going to be able to move up for for players that they want, and they're still going to have over 150 million dollars probably when it's all said and done to sign on free agents. And then those free agents may say, you know what? That's a pretty well-coached football team that have a lot of draft picks over the next few years. Maybe I want to be part of that team. Completely agree. And, and you know, if it's no secret to anybody out there that Miami's fielding a CFL-level roster at this point. You know, they're, they're one step shy of being in the XFL with the roster they have today. Um, and if I am a free agent out there going, holy hell, Brian Flores gets this out of out of that. Imagine what he would get out of me. And I'm looking at you, Byron Jones. You know, as an example, it's it's imagine what Brian Flores could get out of a Byron Jones, especially playing opposite Xavier Howard in this defense. I mean, holy hell! I'd be I'd be all about that if I was Brandon Scherf after the cluster it is in Washington for him. You know, you, you look at that, and God, imagine what they do with an offensive line. Wow. That, that's the biggest thing they need to solve for next year, That that's for sure. But, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of ways to put some, some players together. And it gets it is getting more exciting when, when you see that that every week we, we keep going by, we talk about more John Jenkins types and more Vince Beagle types that, that seem to be coming out. And the big thing, too, is what I've noticed about this coaching staff is this Simple, simple things that we've talked about over the last couple of years, not only with Adam Gase, but with going back to Joe Philbin, too, is the simple things. It's like, how do you not see this as a coach? Like, for example, um, like we talk about, uh, you know, our offensive tackles, Jamarcus Webb and Jesse Davis being so bad. I like that they keep a tight end in the block or running back into chip to help them out. I like that on the defensive side of the ball, when it's third and four, you don't play the cornerback 10 yards off the ball where the wide receiver just turns around and catches a pass for the first down. So other than the third and 20 connection in the Steelers game on Monday night football, I don't look at what the coaching staff has done all that much and said, 
I can't point to much and say, you know what, they shouldn't have done this in this game. That really hurt us. Where I, I find myself, we found ourselves saying that pretty much every game the last five years. Right, and, and, and I'll forgive them for that Steelers blitz, mainly because, you know what, they've taken a few chances, and I hate to say it, but Flores really, typically when he takes these chances, seems to hit one out of the park a lot more often than he misses. And and granted that Steelers one was egregious, but if any of those guys got to the quarterback on that play, we'd be talking about how brilliant Flores and Patrick Graham were for dialing that up. So I'll give them a pass on that. They they went kind of prevent with their secondary, and it just didn't work out. And you put some NFL-caliber players back there with Xavier Howard, and suddenly it's a whole different ball game. You get you get a couple of safeties to pair with, with McCain back there and Xavier Howard and hopefully Byron Jones next year, and, and suddenly, you know, it, it's a whole different game. They're not reaching the end zone, you know, most likely. Yeah, that, that's true. If 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 they get a sack there on that third and twenty, nobody ever thinks or talks about that play. Maybe the Dolphins even end up winning that game there. So, uh, Paul, yeah. let's wrap it up here. What's your prediction for this weekend? Believe it or not, I think Adam Vinatieri misses the game tying field goal in the closing moments, and Miami actually pulls out a winning streak here of two in a row before starting to slide again. And wins this game twenty to seventeen. Interesting, big underdog here. The Colts favored by eleven and a half points. I think that is quite a big line. I'm going to go with the Colts taking this one at twenty-seven to twenty. I think that this is going to be a pretty close game throughout. But with that offensive line featuring Quentin Nelson and with Marlon Mack in the backfield, I think they're going to pound away, pound away, pound away, and I think something's going to really break loose there in the fourth quarter for him. So that will do it for our breakdown of the Miami Dolphins-Indianapolis Colts matchup this weekend at Lucas Oil Stadium. I will be in attendance. Hopefully I bring more good luck to the Dolphins. The last time I was at a game where Brian Hoyer started, if Hoyer ends up starting, which he probably won't, uh, the Dolphins were up 37 to nothing in the second quarter. So maybe Hoyer ends up starting and they get crushed again. But I see him winning. See the Colts winning 27 to 20 with Brissett at, at quarterback. And you can follow Paul and I on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Check out our merch store on the finside.threadless.com. Follow me, Brian Cat NFL, and follow Paul, fanatic underscore pick. That's fanatic with a PH. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. So, Lady, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fin side. side. It ain't the left side, left side or the right, right side. side. And it must be the fin side. Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Code STAPLE20.